0: Mr. Pop. (laughs) There was guitar and Engelbert Humperdinck songs. Since when? This is Rock and Roll. Your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Welcome to the biggest show in the world. It's right here. Forget about uh, the House of the Dragon or whatever it's called. This is the biggest show in the world right here. It's called Rock and Roll. Uh, I'm the host, I'm Kevin Hillier, and with me is Mark Fine. G'day, fellas. Who's already in the fetal position. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, things have not started well. Uh, and uh, the other uh, member of this uh, ensemble, of course, is Brian Maddox, the lead singer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wise guy, eh? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, well, <laughs>
0: Well, the Three Stooges. Now you're doing the Three Stooges. Lovely. How are you, Mister Mannix?
1: I'm well, thank you, Kev. And uh, hope you're well too. Funny. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> there you
0: go.
1: That's how it sounds. Yeah,
0: that's that's culture. Uh, Your old of Flying Colors, uh, Spotify. Very happy with the culture that we brought to uh, to their platform. So uh, they haven't uh, kicked us off the culture thing yet. So we're we're all good. No problems. But that's you know, it's only early days.
1: Oh, well, we have a cultural program and well, yeah. probably should be on the ABC if we were, uh, you know, I would have on thought radio.
0: So. But mind you, isn't one of the ABC channels like the kids' channel, doesn't it turn into like a semi-porn channel at night?
1: It used to when it was on Foxtel that um, ABC kids, they'd start having sort of soft porn on. Yeah. I remember taking a photo of it and um, posting it on Twitter going, you're kidding, ABC, You the kids and then. Next thing you've got, you know, boob jobs in Thailand. Yeah, it
0: goes from, from Bluey to Blue illness in one one stroke. And I see Bluey's been banned. Where's Bluey been banned today? Um, is it in America because the dog farts? So does Homer Simpson, doesn't he? Yeah, oh, I'm pretty Lenny sure. I'm pretty sure. How's your week been yeah. at uh, Lenny's Fine Foods, Mr Fine?
2: Always busy. Plenty to do. Yeah, what whatever happened to Naked News? Gee, yeah, that's a good question. I think that's why I got cable TV in the beginning. <laughs>
0: Isn't that sad? <laughs> oh God, really? Uh, wasn't it on? Was it on cable? Or was it? Wasn't it on free to air as well? I might have well, been it like, was, uh, this late at night. It
2: was on Galaxy. I, I remember
0: Galaxy. Galaxy, yeah. yes. It
2: was a very good. It was. A serious news service just told by naked women.
0: What's wrong, yeah, no, with, no, what's got, wrong with that?
2: Well, you know, quality nowadays They'd have to have blokes doing the news.
1: Ooh. Oh. Uh, now, I don't know about Peter, Peter Hitchner <laughs> in the nude might not be too flat. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know Peter keeps himself fit, but um, he's about 75 and, uh, you know, he's probably got a few sags and. Bags of cat round him somewhere, but if mm. he's still saying
0: Saint Slavidia. <laughs> anyway.
2: Imagine, imagine Eric Pierce back in the day. Oh
0: no, don't. Oh. I, wonder,
1: it, I wonder if his pubes were like his eyebrows. I think they would have been.
0: Oh, now that's not something I ever want to thought, think about. Thanks very much. What?
1: Well, if you're going to talk about nude news, so you, you, I think you've got to consider these things.
0: Would Edwin Mar, would, What would Edwin Mars' pointer be like if it was nude news on the ABC? Pointed, like Mister Squiggle, wouldn't it? Be like a yeah. version of that.
2: Anyway, may your pubes be good pubes.
0: And good <laughs> <masks>. <laughs> Adam, that's very. That's very good, funny. Uh, well, welcome to the show. And uh, we've got lots to talk about. We've got to wrap the footy up. We've got uh, a terrific chart from the 60s. A uh, bit of other business to, to talk about. Uh, this, this uh, I mentioned the, the start of the show, the biggest show in the world, House of the Dragon. Now, I, I'm assuming you have to have watched Game of Thrones to be enthused about House of the Dragon. Now, I didn't. I think we have the three people on the planet who've not watched any of Game of
1: Thrones ever. No, I've seen, I saw the last episodes and saw a lot of key episodes of it. Oh, Um, did you? Okay. It it was very, very good. Very, very good. Um, Yeah. So, but you know, when they say it's the biggest show in the world, by what measure are they judging that it's the biggest? It's the most expensive. It's got the biggest cast. It's got the biggest... Pile of shit script.
0: What? Probably, probably all those all those things. And a six-page wraparound in most of the newspapers in the country today, at, at, like the outside six pages of the um, of the newspaper were basically
1: ads for the show. Wow. Fine. Uh, well, it's, it's made by the same people that made Game of Thrones. They've got plenty of dough.
0: Mm, well, they must have. God knows what each episode costs. If something like Yellowstone, I think Yellowstone costs <laughs> – uh, is it twenty or something million dollars an app, uh, if not more? So I'm, I'm assuming this. Well, well even, Game,
1: right? Game of Thrones had like the equivalent of three, like making three films at once because they had a film crew in Spain, then they had another one in the snow, and then they had another one somewhere else, probably in Ireland, but Northern Ireland, I think it was. What three films so, for one app? Well, because it was set in three locations. Oh wow! So to get it made. You basically had, it's not like, you know, okay, you're making Yellowstone, you've got your crew and you've got your, your catering and you've got all of that and off you go. But they had to have one of them in the snow wherever they filmed the snow stuff. Then they had to have another one in Spain and they were just filming like three complete film crews and then they'd, you know, grab this bit from Spain, this bit, and then for that episode and then Spain had continue filming and, you know, so yeah, that was a mammoth production effort. Bloody hell.
0: Oh, right. yeah. Okay, well, uh, we've got the biggest show there is. So we've got a, a Go Set National Top 40 uh, chart from the 14th of June, 1967. Uh, and the top 10 reads like this Number 10 is dedicated to the one I love by the Mummers and Puppers. Nine is The Happening by the Supremes. Uh, eight is Chow Baby by Lynn Randell. Seven is New York Mining Disaster, 1941, by the BGS. Six is The Girls in Paris by Lee Hazelwood. Five is A Little Bit You, A Little Bit Me by the Monkeys. Four is Puppet on a String by Sandy Shaw. Three is Something Stupid by Nancy and Frank Sinatra. Uh, two is When I Was Young by Eric Burden and the Animals. Number one, This Is My Song by Petula Clark. How'd you find the chart, finally?
1: God-awful. <laughs> Brian? Um no, I think there's a few little whippers in there. It's, it's a bit bubblegummy. But, um, Poppy, there's a couple, there's, yeah, there's a couple of songs there that I'm sure would annoy the hell out of a lot of people, but I kind of think they're funny. And, um, you know, I talk of uh, the Supremes, the happening, dun-dun, I reckon that's a great,
0: dun-dun, 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 yeah. Dun-dun, dun-dun.
1: Yeah, that's got a great little tune. And, you know, it just reminds me of all those daggy flares and oh, yeah. shit like that. And, you know, I probably was two before flares. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think it's got a lot of fun. It's a fun chart.
0: Yeah, got a bit of uh, feedback already on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, Rachel says Undecided by the Masters Apprentices has to be one of the most underrated songs in Australian music. I never got bored of listening to those guitar riffs. The lyrics aren't great. Uh, but hey, what do you want for something that was written in 15 minutes?
1: And it was undecided how I feel about those yeah. comments from Rachel.
0: And a great little story about how it got its name, because the, apparently the two blokes from the Masters, who weren't in the big lineup of the Masters, they were in this original lineup of the Masters, uh, wrote the song. Um, they recorded it. Jim sang it. They did all that stuff, and then I think his name is Max Pepper, the uh, the engineer, had the tape box and said, "So what are we calling? What's, what's the name of the song?" And they said, oh, we're undecided. We don't, we, so he wrote undecided on the tape box and that's how it finished up being called that because they didn't go back and change it at any stage.
1: Oh, well, there you go. A so, little, little well, bit those, of trivia for us. Little
0: stories, yeah. Uh, uh, Melissa says off the uh, Facebook thing, her top three are Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields, Little Bit Me, Little Bit You and Something Stupid and a bottom three puppet on a string, Release Me and Minnie the Moocher. There's 11 Australian songs in this chart. So... It, Good representation from the Aussies.
1: Is Penny Lane Strawberry Fields in this one?
0: Yeah, number 11, I think it is. Oh, I missed it. I missed it. Oh, okay. Uh, 11. 11 Penny Lane Strawberry Fields forever the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Uh, High load of the week for you, finally What uh, What exciting things have happened in the fine universe? Oh, I'm trying to think. Well,
2: well, look, I've got to admit it. I've always had a hankering for bad things to happen to the Carlton football club. <laughs> I can't deny that I enjoy the Freud of Carlton's suffering and you could not have scripted that more horrifically for Carlton if you were a – even I couldn't imagine.
0: A sadist. A, a Carlton sadist couldn't have written that better, could they?
2: It was unbelievable.
0: It was pure gold, really. It was fascinating to watch. I mean, obviously, vested interest for me was if if – And when I turned it on to watch uh, just at the end of the third quarter, I thought, oh, God, I'm in trouble here. Um, The doggies are gone. Um, And to watch it play out in the next 25, 28 minutes or whatever it was, unbelievable.
2: Amazing.
1: Yes, I I too enjoyed watching Carlton lose by a point because I know more Carlton supporters than I do Collingwood supporters. So, that would be good That would be, th- be good Just, just we, for a long time
0: Was it a double-edged sword? I mean, seeing Carlton lose by a point But actually seeing Collingwood win by a point?
2: No I, I feel so okay. deeply against Carlton The fact that Collingwood did it to them is even better
1: <laughs> <laughs> Now all we need is Collingwood to lose by a point next week
0: Well, they're playing the Cats, I think, in their, their final oh, they can't
1: lose by a bit more than that
2: it wasn't Elliot. Who was the who was one of the big males before Elliot was Carlton president?
1: One
0: before oh. Elliot was Carlton. Oh, was George was Harris was his name. Is that his name? The bloke who? It was Rice, but it wasn't. I can't remember who it was in nineteen seventy nine. Oh, Mark after, Mark No, um, no, no, no. That's
2: no. that's recent. I'm yeah. talking back in nineteen seventy nine. Oh, okay. You know when they just beat Collingwood in the grand final? Yes.
0: That would have been George George was it George Harris?
2: Maybe George Harris, yeah. maybe. And he said the only thing better than beating Carlton by a hundred points in the grand final is
0: beating him by one point. <laughs> yeah, well it's come back to bite them on the uh, proverbial, isn't it? Correct. Yes. Was it was it was it terrific? Um I mean, because Hawthorne were up at one stage and then the doggies got on top of them, so and then in the end it, it that that percentage was so close, um, between Carlton and uh and the doggies, um, and then to watch that game play. And then the Swans at one stage, um, did they ever look like losing finally? Did you watch that game? No,
2: I didn't really bother with it. No. Okay. Now, so what was the final in that game?
0: Uh, only eight, 14 or 18 points. It wasn't that much. Okay. It wasn't by any stretch of the imagination. Now, I will say this. So I'm going to, to do the footy tips because it's the last time we'll do them this year uh, in terms of uh, the tally. Um I know that you would have got nine this week finally had you not been four behind me and just throwing oh, throwing the wild darts with the blindfold on at the four that we could actually do differently. Um, yes. Yeah. Because I got nine again and there's no way known you wouldn't have got nine. Oh,
2: no. Fair, fair. You had a good win.
0: Yeah, no. uh, Yes, yeah, so I've, I've cleaned up in the end. 134, 126 and Brian, 112. Well done.
1: Uh, how
0: many did I get? This week, week, six. Six.
1: Six. So oh, I, I got seven. No, you missed on oh, the okay. you,
0: you. picked the Lions. You picked Essendon. Oh,
1: uh, er, remember Essendon yeah. and the Saints. Yeah. Well, there's other yeah. good. Our other big thing for the week. Um, ben Rutton's been moved happy,
0: on. Have you got blood in your hands? eh?
1: Yeah, I blood on my hands. But they should have. They should have sacked him when I said after about round two. Then we might have had a chance to get Clarkson because, you know, it took him six weeks to make up his mind with North Melbourne and. Would we give him four days? Yeah, but hang on—you weren't even in the. You weren't even thinking of Clarkson back in round four. It, was oh, not, was. it wasn't on
0: your agenda at all. The,
1: the, well, you might have been, but the club wasn't. Remember, he's no, running That's your club. what I'm saying. If I had been the, the president, he wouldn't have got halfway through the season. He would have been gone, and then we would have had plenty of time to pursue, uh, Alistair Clarkson, or you know, Can you- David Beckham. Can you, as an independent
0: observer here and a uh, and a fine football uh, journalist of uh, of the last couple of decades, finally sum up your thoughts on how Essendon have gone about the last couple of weeks of the season?
2: Totally unprofessionally. I mean, they have every right to replace their coach. Any team does, I guess, if the circumstances demand it. But this, yes, we are. No, we're not. Yes, we will. Yes, we, we've got someone, we don't have somebody. Talk about the left hand not knowing what the right hand's doing. I mean, Essendon Football Club is a very different organisation to the one that was pounding out flags in the 80s and 90s. They're, they've become a bit of a mess, haven't they? Messendon. Yeah,
1: Messenden. yeah, yeah
0: they, I saw um, that. That was a it was a headline
1: someone used on the yeah. weekend.
0: What was that? They're just too, Messenden. too
1: focused. Messendon. Yeah. Anyway, it sounds like the Storm are back in business. I didn't see the game. Hang on,
0: but- I, haven't, I haven't finished on. I haven't finished on. <laughs> oh, yet. sorry. I, 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 okay.
2: Well done, Kevin. By the way, yes, bring him back in the line.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not getting away that easy. I'm sorry. Um, I've I just. I mean. I'm with you, and there's a lovely post by Blake uh, on on social media. Uh, he he posted a photo of a, a farewell to a couple of people who are moving on to another organisation. He said it's how you how you farewell people and how you value people when they're leaving your organisation. That says a hell of a lot about you. And I reckon the way Essendon have handled the rotten situation, I wouldn't be surprised if the CEO is the next to go, or, or Josh Marnie or someone else. There'll be there'll be other carnage in there somewhere. Um, it's it. It reeks, it's not, it is arrogance. I I don't know what what the problem is and it reeks of not being able to, I mean, you wouldn't give them 50 bucks and send them off to buy your groceries because they wouldn't be able to do it.
1: Well, the whole problem is I think that when the players came back from, you know, the drug thing, everybody just treated them with kid gloves and this becomes soft and the culture is soft and the board and the, People that run the club are just so focused on making money and stuff. And you know, every time you hear from them, they're asking for dollars. Um, and you know, like Hurley's retiring, so this week merchandise eighteen percent off because he's number eighteen. And you know, they're just focused on the wrong areas of the football club.
0: Is that is that representative not just of Essendon but of football in general? Now that it's it's corporately run by people. Football clubs are run by corporate people and business people now, not by football people. Fine, you, do you do you see that in in what your observations are of footy? Because I I certainly bloody will do, and I and I, I I don't like it.
2: Yeah, I am staggered sometimes how seemingly blithe they are to the real demands of and, and emotions of a fan. You know where they're offering. I saw this on St Kilda's website as well. Getting SMSs for special deals and this merchandise and that merchandise. You know, the team's just shit their nest again for the one millionth time. The last thing fans want to do is buy a commemorative plate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, and but and the, but the, the, that's the corporate kind of waggle and. There isn't the I don't know, it just strikes me that it's very corporately run now and there's a whole stack of people sitting in offices who go yay, yay, yay for the you know, the red, white and blue or the hit when the Saints go marching and all that, but next week if they're offered a job down at, you know, Tigerland, they'll be singing Away from Tigerland because that's where their paycheck is.
2: Well yeah. merry yeah. we go round, the sort of um, people that work at football clubs and one minute, they're geniuses. Mm. You know, that of Baines has gone from genius to idiot to genius to idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so he's probably doing the same job all the way along. But man is out of his control, determine what people think of him. And, and then when a the club does well, you get fans going, oh, it's all because of Neil or, <laughs> yeah. you know, Some magic, magic man came with the magic voodoo. Yeah. And if you
1: think... If if you think about it, most of the rule changes and stuff that we we hate, um, they're there for financial reasons essentially because, oh, they want the mums to let their kids play footy so footy, you know, goes on and, you know, continues to be the strongest sport and blah, 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 blah. But really we change the rules to make a dollar or to keep, you know, the money tree growing. And, um, you know, that's pretty... Lousy ethics, I reckon.
2: You know what I think of that comment, Brian? Rubbish. Absolutely correct. You know, people don't realise how much this game has changed, all because the AFL are petrified of legal cases regarding post-career trauma caused by concussions. They're not Mm -hmm. interested in in sort of um, having the being the custodians of a great sport and maintaining that sport, they're shooting themselves that some legal action is going to bring them to a grinding halt, which means that they're more worried about themselves as a business than as a, as a code, which is disgusting. Yep. Yeah, spot on Brian
0: Yeah, oh, Thank you Couldn't agree more and and you know we've talked About it here on, on lots of occasions um, The amount of money that's put back Into grassroots footy is a complete and utter joke It's, it's they might as well not bother
2: I mean I saw that Sort of publicised death Of a very famous country football team Kwambatook Is playing their last season And they're a Little sort of hamlet A farming hamlet but Kwambi, in fact, produced a magnificence and killed a footballer that never was able to reach his potential because of a knee injury. The great – he was supposed to be an absolute superstar, Jim Wallace, but right. unfortunately he never met his full potential. But you know what else took
0: is famous for? Mm, I have to admit, no.
2: It's the town in which an Australian musician grew up. Quombatook,
1: Brian? Yeah. Mm. Is it um, – no, I was going to say Peter Allen, but that's not right. No, it's 10 um, to
2: think of Think of this place as quintessential country, a country town. So
0: what sort of – Not slim,
2: dusty. No, close, but not quite. More modern.
0: From Quampetook. Uh, <clears throat> More modern than slim.
1: So Keith yeah, Urban's from Caboolture.
0: Quintessential Australia. <clears throat> quintessential – oh, Johnny Williamson?
1: Correct. Yeah. Had to be. Oh, I drew blood. <laughs> He's <called. laughs> Well, you begged him for old
0: man Amy last week. Yeah, so. you did too. That's very un-Australian, Mannix.
1: You can't answer tell, telling you he can the pants <laughs> off a kangaroo. Um, you're right, right though. On. Every
0: every country town you drive through, um, and every country competition you look at, is. Uh teams that have combined and had to merge. There's teams that have gone down, even suburban. Well, you go through any suburban footy league, even look, yeah. at, the, uh, look at the VFL and you see the amount of uh, teams that have either folded or had to merge with someone else or had to go into a league below the one they were in to survive and all that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah. You look at the history of Australian rules football, you'll be aghast at how many teams don't exist that used to exist. Oh, yeah. Um, just incredible Back in the late 1800s How many teams there were I had a look at it, some records There was a competition For the suburb of St Kilda With 14 different teams in it
0: Oh goodness me Wow How's that Yeah, Yeah And the funny thing is You don't see that happening To cricket clubs do you do you reckon they survive better? Not with the same amount of it, – it happens, but not with the same amount of regularity that it does with, um, with footy clubs. Now, I, know yeah, I
2: guess because I guess there are less cricket clubs in total, maybe because of ground availability and pictures, but
0: no. And there's less money involved in cricket, and there always has been at, at yeah, suburban yeah. level than there is at, um, at, at footy level.
2: You know you know what I reckon you would find though that clubs that used to have four and five elevens are down to one and two elevens
0: yeah true no, you're right there that is true that is true, and they haven't got anywhere near the amount of juniors playing that they used to have
2: yeah that's right, I mean you know you can't get a kid out of their frigging bedroom How are you going to get him to stand on the cricket field for get a them
0: moment? to watch um the wow get them to watch cricket uh, the overseas cricket at the moment, Geez, I watched that um South African England test, gee, that was good, I loved that. Some new
2: blood, South Africa,
0: yeah, new new bowling attack. Four ve- or oh, not new. Um, Rabada's uh, been around for a while. Negi's been around for a while. The other two, um, naught Nort- naught Nort- naughty. N- What's his name? Naughty. Yeah. Naughty. He's very quick. And the other big tall boy, who's about six foot eight. jan Yarn- Oh, he's very tall. He's he's a beast. He's a big beanpole. He's a twin apparently, and he's uh, he goes all right too. Left armour. Does a little remember bit
2: the it. brothers they used to have, the bowlers?
0: The Pollocks? No, they no. weren't bowlers. The brothers they had. What era were What? doing? Uh,
2: start of the 2000s.
0: Start of the 2000s.
2: One of them had a name better suited to oysters or scallops.
0: I can't remember. Who are you talking about? Mornay. Oh, Mornay. Mornay uh, and Albie. Yes, that's right. And one of them is married to Ros Kelly, isn't he? don't know. Maybe. the um, Morkins. Morgan. One one lives out here now. Yeah, They're yeah. big, tall, really big, tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah They'll yeah. be a Morkins. Yeah, well, the, the, the one that only just recently retired and played a bit of BBL last year is married yeah. to Ros, I think it's Kelly, the Channel 10 sports reporter.
2: Okay, there you go. Yeah.
1: Oh, yes, I no, we we've all been married to Rose Kelly at one point in our lives. <laughs> is that right, Brian? No, oh, how yeah. is she's how a, is that? She's, she's a beaut girl. I love her.
0: How Still. is uh, how is uh, the uh, how are things going on the Gold Coast
1: there, Brian? They're going quite well. Um, <laughs> Kevin, and I went to salsa lessons last week. Well, you you and, did. Uh, you, you mentioned that, and so how did that go? Yeah. That was fun that was good. I was good to um, dance with my old dance partner Melanie and then and you know there's sort of progressive you know you move around so you dance with everybody uh-huh. which was kind of cool. but this poor girl Sandra, this Indian girl, you know I was going okay, but every time I got to her I just stuffed it up completely. so um, apologies to Sandra, but uh, yeah, I look forward to going again on Wednesday and uh, yeah, good stuff good fun. okay. Hmm. Romance? So it's going well here at the Gold Coast. Is there ro- romance? No, there's no romance. I have some friends up here, but um, that's about it. Okay. We're not um, – I'm not pumping pal- relationship- for information. I've I'm been just- in a relationship for 36 years. I'm not in a rush to get in another one. You well, know? you've been, been in one, re- to-
0: one relationship you've been in for 60 years, and look how that's going.
1: Well, that's what? The one with myself? Yes. <laughs> well, no, no, I was – just saying to some friend the other day, saying uh, that you know how much I enjoy hanging out with me. <laughs> is
2: that right? I when, you, when you walk down the street, do people do you people? Who's that? That's Brian Mannix. Yeah, they do. Or does anybody has anybody ever said to you? Did
1: you used to be Brian Mannix? <laughs> I used to get that, but um, I think Spitz and specs is sort of so that, that's Brian Mannix. Or you get to. An age where you go, you've just been doing it for so long, where they go, that's Brian Mannix. You're still Brian Mannix.
2: But do people ever see, meet you and say, shit, I didn't realise you were that short?
1: Everybody <laughs> does just about. Um, especially back in the 80s because, you know, you would see you on TV but they had nothing to gauge, you know, how tall you were. It was only relative to how tall I was next to John Kirk or Roddy Gonzo. So, yeah. you know, so, yeah, I used to get it all the time and I still get it today.
2: Yeah, the best is that interview with you. What was it? The Mike Walsh show
1: with the hat oh, on. It was Ray, it was Ray Martin.
2: Oh, Ray Martin, whatever. When you just when you came in and you couldn't get through the car park because of the groupies and.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It was you know it was a fun times, um, but you know it's as fun as it was. It was also quite taxing as well. You know you couldn't you couldn't go anywhere and you know so anyway. It's sort of one chapter in the book.
0: Did you have, um, did you have rules, like you wouldn't sign, during, sign autographs during dinner and stuff like that, like some people have? You know, right yeah, when you say
1: yeah. Yeah, with dinner we'd sort of um, – we sort of made a thing that said, no, not while we're eating. Yeah, um, that's fair you know, too. But, yeah, yeah, you know, and you know, most of the time people were cool with that. You know, you'd do it after you'd finished eating. But yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, no, I reckon that's fair. But
1: anyway, I, enough I,
0: about I have that rule. <laughs> no signing autographs to you. you don't ask people for autographs while you're eating? No, 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 no signing for the bill <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough uh, Now we got one black armband uh, this week Tom Springfield passed away The man who wrote all those In fact wrote one of the songs that's on this chart this week uh, For the Seekers He was Dusty Springfield's brother and They were originally the Springfields had Silver Threads and Golden Needles, and then um, Dusty went off and had that fabulous solo career of hers, and Tom sat in a little room and wrote a whole lot of songs, uh, including The Carnival Is Over, I'll Never Find Another You, A World of Their Own, and Georgie Girl, which are all massive hits for The Seekers.
1: They're all my favourite Seekers songs. I thought thought
0: The Seekers wrote a few. No, 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 he wrote them all. Uh, uh, He passed away at the age of 88, the week before Judith Durham passed away but only just
1: been released no. in the last couple of days. So, um, You don't think there's a conspiracy act to knock off the uh, Seekers because they saw something back in the 60s? No, I don't. And now they're going to blow the lid off no, I don't. a whole undercover government thing, I so we've got to knock off the Seekers one by one no. before the secret is exposed.
0: Mm. No, Interesting. I don't, I don't think that's the case at all, Brian.
1: Oh, Okay.
0: What's it, what, was then, the, what was the girl's name who took Judith Durham's place when they kept going? Louisa. Uh, remember they had the Sparrow song?
1: Oh, yes. Uh Knowles did I Am You and We Are Australia. Yeah, but that was
0: after that. The Sparrow, they did the Sparrow song and it was Louisa something and I can't think of her name. Yeah. She might have to be yeah. careful.
1: I hope Louise is not listening to the show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, How's she gonna see it.
0: Adam Kingsley named as the uh, GWS coach, so the first of the coaching appointments has been made. Uh, next to the Alice Alistair Clarkson one, which I want to talk about as well. But
2: uh, I just I just had another passing. That's all. oh, who was that? When I started following sport in golf, he was a big player. Tom Wisniewski passed away.
0: Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. We got a yeah. got a little estate uh, here where I live. And around the corner is uh, Weiscop Avenue, which uh, they had a little estate named after all golfers. Oh, he was a good golfer. Oh, yeah, very good. I didn't know he passed away. That, that wasn't listed in the, uh, the source that I go to, which is normally very, very good with those. Yeah, um, just recently, but yes. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, uh, that's, he, was good. he was a really good player. Yeah. Really good player. All right, uh, now Alistair and Clarkson. I loved his,
2: and I loved his hairspray, of
0: course. <laughs> Schwarzkoff, the Vade yeah. Um uh Alistair Clarkson, uh what what did you make of all that, uh funny?
2: Well, there are some conspiracy theorists who think that North Melbourne have just signed their death warrant, moving themselves to Tasmania because he's gonna drag him back down to Tassie, but I think it's a good choice.
0: Do you think that's the case? No.
2: No, I think I think North Melbourne even during the bad times, I've always known them to be pretty well organised off-field and they've got their man and well done.
0: Yep, yep. Um, I've had a little bit to do with Sonia Hood um, because she was involved, obviously, at North Melbourne when North Melbourne had the alignment with the Werribee Footy Club and uh, yep. she's a woman of great integrity and, uh, and honesty and I think, she, I think she's a terrific president. Uh, she's starting to get a, um, you know, show what she can do as a, as a president of that club and I think, um, yeah, she, they've done very well. And exceptionally well. I think you will be I
1: terrific. Think, I think that was the only choice they had, you know, because when you're selling, you're keeping a your club, you're supposedly selling hope. And, you know, after what they've served up this year, why would you bother joining next year? But now there's a whole reason to join up. Oh, shit, this is the turning point. Mm. This is where we're going to become good. And people, you know, they'll have faith, yep. Um, you know, where they it works out, and that's another thing, but at least you sort of go in the next season as a North Melbourne supporter feeling pretty optimistic.
0: I, the other thing I actually, I don't know whether it's 100% true, but I, I thought it, feel it was true, is that they said they didn't have a plan B, and I'm, not, uh, I'm that doesn't surprise me, um, and why would you?
1: Well, they needed a name coach, you know, somebody that's going to turn it around, you know, if they get. Some senior assistant. It's probably good. I don't think it's going to, you know, sign up, get a memberships, and sell merchandise. Yeah.
0: That was the right choice. Thanks, yep. North Melbourne man. So that's good. So I ask you this while we're talking about this: who who do you think should be the Essendon coach? Brian?
2: like Carousella.
0: Okay. Certainly earned his chops as a, as an assistant. Um, yep. Uh, Brian.
1: Well, my mail is that Carousella doesn't even go to training, so you know I, I've lost all faith in him. Um, but you know that's gossip, I guess. But um, no, I think we need a total prick. Um, and from are you, you know, available? Um, well, no, we need we need we need to move Heppel on from captain. We need a prick of a guy for a captain. We need a prick of a coach so that we get a few pricks in the team. You know, when Essendon was good, we had Barnard and Moorcroft, the Johnsons, Peveril, Solomon. You know, it was a tough team. The body's changed, and, though. Yeah, well, I don't know. I just like to see a bit more mongrel in them. And um, and for my money, I think I'd go for Mark Williams, his premiership coach. Um,
2: He's think, loopy,
1: mate. Well, so was Sheedy. Um you know, I think he's. You know, he'd be yelling at him and screaming at him, and that'd be good. I think that's what. No, they you need. know
0: what? He doesn't. That, that that's not his modus operandi. Now, he, remember, he, he was at Werribee for two years. Um, uh, um, uh, you're right. He's loopy uh, in terms of. um uh, different. Um, yeah, I'm. I don't know. Don't know. He's he, he galvanizes uh, a group the group of players. He, he'd do that. Yeah. What about James Heard, Brian?
1: No. You know, i very happy for him to come back to the club, be the football manager, be the CEO, anything like that, fine, but I don't want him there as a coach. I didn't really – I stuck by him all through the drug thing, but then when he came back to start a coach, I thought, look, you know, we're getting our ass kicked here and you're just looking. You're not making any moves. You're just sitting there, and that disturbed me.
0: Finally, would you, would you think he's a legitimate contender? It'd be
2: the it'd be the most it'd be the
1: worst possible selection. So I hope they do it. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Imagine you know after all the shit that the club put him through, or the AFL or whoever, you know, to to come back and we you know we start next season and we've lost the first six. Oh, imagine whatever he's going to be thinking. I think we've persecuted the bloke enough. Well, as mind a you, coach. I'd,
2: love him, I'd love him as coach and Dank as your mascot. And like after <laughs> round three, just the mascot pulls his head off, like the costume off, and it's Stephen Dank. <laughs> oh,
1: no. Uh,
0: I haven't actually heard uh, James Heard say or seen James Heard say that he is actually interested in the job. I've only seen that as. Media speculation, so I'm not. I'm not yeah. sure. it's not going to happen. No, nah. no, nah. nah. wouldn't have thought so. Um, so, Blake Carousella, who, do if there was, uh, who, who else do you have in your kind of little maybe trifecta of possibilities? finding?
2: Um, look, I'm not sure. There's always somebody out west, Jamie Graham or somebody, um, and maybe somebody who's involved with Sydney up there. There's been a couple of nominations isn't, recently.
0: Isn't Don Pike up there? So <laughs> I don't think he'd be. He'd be no, it wouldn't going, be Don Pike. No, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure who's. Uh, uh, the big the big ruckman sits next to John Longmire in the Cox. box. Yeah. Um, big <laughs> And the other bloke has just left to McGinley, who uh, was the West Coast Eagles player who was at Sydney. I can't think of his name.
1: Well, I'd rather Essen than have more balls, but I'll settle for big cocks. <laughs> All
0: right. So on that note, let's get to. It. If there's no other business, gentlemen, we'll get to the chart. Oh, no, actually, before the chart, Fanny, have you got a story for us this week? Yes, I do. I've oh, good one. Oh. Oh. I'd, almost forgot- right. I'd almost forgotten about that. That's why, we'll- because we won't have footy tips. Uh, we've got- we'll, have- we'll tip uh, winners for the finals next week, but the footy tips are pretty much done. Righto. What sport are we talking about?
2: Well, a few different sports, because I'm going to talk to you about a very strange sporting oval that was supposed to revolutionise sport in Melbourne called the the Motor Dome. Do you know about the Motor Dome?
0: Is this called a park? No.
2: In 1923, a company under the name of Melbourne Carnivals, with the help of the very dodgy John Wren, leased a large block of land on what would become Olympic park, the Olympic Park Complex, you know, the Greyhound area, you know, that area near the Yarra. Yeah. With the plan of building a VFL football ground surrounded by a concrete track suitable for motor dome racing. And just give you an idea of how big Aussie Rules was back then. In 1923, the initial plans drawn up was for a ground. With a grandstand to seat one hundred thousand people. Good God! Yeah, well, they they started building it, and they never got to one hundred thousand, but they did get to thirty-two thousand. And wow. late in nineteen twenty-four, it opened for a motor for a motor racing event. Capacity crowd: thirty-two thousand people rocked up. Jeez! Now the VFL were interested in securing the rights to the ground. They wanted. Even back then, they wanted something like Lively, a, a, a weekly ground that was non-partisan. Yeah. And the owners, at that stage, there were nine teams in the comp. And the owners of the ground said that they would lease it to the VFL as long as they were allowed to enter a team into the VFL. And this very nearly happened, that there was a 10th team called the Public Services Football Club. And public services was going to be made up of star players from all the other teams because apparently this mob had heaps of money. In the end, the VFL voted against it, and it was the actual impetus to including North Hawthorne and Footscray into the league in
0: 1925. Ah, right. It
2: was one or the other. But there was a vote, and public services football club almost became a league team. Wow. 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 Without the VFL's support, that big ground became a bit of a white elephant. No better summed up than in 1926 on December the 11th when desperate promoters trying to get a crowd there took the step of introducing ostrich racing to Melbourne. (laughs) And I actually read an article the day before from the Argus proclaiming it as the most exciting new sport to bet on, bookmakers in attendance, ostriches would be ridden by large silk jockey dummies (laughs) that were attached to them or driven by lightweight youths in jinkers or carts like a harness race. Yeah. They proclaimed that they had brought 14 champion ostriches from northern Australia, princess, prince, queenie, old maid, rebel with just some of the superstars, 13,000 people turned up. But the crowd startled the ostriches, and after three races in which startled ostriches with silk jockeys bobbing on their back, ran in all different directions, including <laughs> including Rebel and Queenie that jumped into the crowd and injured spectators. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the race meeting was called off. So the Motor Dome kept potting along as a motor racing venue. But in 1932, at the start of the VFL season, Melbourne or the MCG was being resurfaced. So the Motor Dome did host three official VFL games, all Melbourne home games. They lost all of them. And the last VFL game played there for premiership points was a loss by Melbourne to Carlton by 24 points in front of 11,000 people. With the advent of the war, it was um, seconded by the army for barracks and post the war never used again until it became the Olympic complex in 1956. And that was it.
0: Wow. Never and knew there
2: that. Go. The old motor dome.
0: Is there, ever, is there any country in the world where ostrich racing is actually big? Yeah, I think they do race ostriches somewhere but back in the 20s
2: apparently just sewing on life-size stuffed jockeys was never <laughs> going to
1: be the way to go. But remember they had the, the monkeys riding the dogs yeah, for a little was, while
2: back in Yeah, that was a troop that travelled the world and they ended up at, well, North Melbourne's ground, Arden Street, was the home of the Melbourne Greyhound Racing Association and they did have little capuchin monkeys, and they were quite good, the little capuchin monkeys, because they've got dressed in silks and in hanging yeah. on for your life, because they raced them over hurdles. They actually looked like jockeys.
1: Yeah. Uh, I saw the picture of uh, one of them and the expression on the monkey's face, it's like yeah. he's just hanging on to a rocket. He looks petrified.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, the monkeys actually loved it, and they once they got used to riding on the greyhounds, and this is true, they use their long tails to whip the greyhounds to go
0: faster. Is that right? Yep. Clever little buggers, monkeys, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, and you should have heard them. <laughs> have- there was a
2: couple of protests. You should have heard the monkeys in the steward's room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 ah, very good. Very good. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. That's why that's why I wanted to do this, because you did you just know stuff and, and know stories about things that happened that ostrich racing and monkeys on Greyhounds back. Yeah. Oh, the the and the motor do- the bad. motor dome. The and, motor dome. And and what a great surprise in the nineteen twenties the name Wren was all over it like a rash. Correct. <laughs> yes. No absolutely no surprise there whatsoever. Right, very nice, sure. Finding. Very good.
1: Yeah, it's good
0: for him. All right, let's oh, get to the Go Set start. National uh, chart from 14th of June, 1967. Petula Clark, the number one song, This Is My Song. The weird, One of the weird things about this chart is that there's a couple of songs in it twice by different artists.
1: Yes. This, West, Western uh, Union
0: by The Strangers, the Australian version, is at number 36, and then Western Union by The Five Americans is at number 26. And This Is My Song is the number one song by Petula Clark, and then... You scale down and see number twenty three. This is my song by Harry Secom. Yes, the big Harry Secom had the what you call a big baritone
1: voice, isn't it? Had one of those. Yeah, yeah, and he's a bit of acting too, uh, Harry. Oh yeah,
0: no, he was in Oliver and also he was a very talented man. He was, and he was a A goon. goon.
1: Yes, he was a goon. Yeah, never missed a meal in his life.
0: I don't think he no no I don't think he died wondering about uh, where his next portion of food was coming from. But he very funny man had a I think yeah. he, he had like a chat show in America too uh, in England sorry he was good he was a very talented man so yeah so well, why are you
1: hanging shit on him kids? he's a gripper I'm not hanging shit on him Brian. Oh, for- and Donald uh, Summers has just joined us. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right.
0: Uh, so, finally, your uh, number three good and your number three bad out of this chart from 1967.
2: Well, just to continue the discussion going, my number three bad is either number one or number 23 on the charts. Right. Maybe the title was an argument. This is my song. No, it's my song. No, it's my <laughs> song. But it should be either of your songs because it's god-awful boring. Oh. What a horrible – you know what this song is? This, is? this song is number one on the charts of songs that your parents used to play that used to make you physically ill. Yep. Yeah, you know, This is mum and dad's music. Not my parents. My parents were very cool. But, you know, a lot of mum and dads would have loved this.
0: My mum and dad, dad did their- love it.
2: Much to the chagrin of their cooler kids.
0: Yep. The only thing missing was a version by Kamala of this song, and my parents would have had the trifecta bang right, in the, right on the semaphore. Yeah,
2: horrors. So
0: that's my number three band. Yeah, good. Okay.
2: My number three good has already been mentioned by one of our, our um, emailings.
0: Oh, okay. But, yeah.
2: But, you know, I really feel the most underrated Australian band of all the real trendsetters, I think they almost got swallowed up in time. So you listen to their music later on and you think, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard, you know, it's not groundbreaking. But I'll tell you what, when it came out, it would have been groundbreaking. The Masters Apprentices, oof. Good so man. Undecided gets the big thumbs up for me. Great track.
0: They've got two songs in this. they got
2: Buried
1: and yeah, Dead
0: down the bottom yeah. and Undecided, which is, yeah, really interesting, uh, really interesting song.
1: Yeah, you're giving, you're, you're giving it to Hoppawati. Thumbs up. Correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair
0: enough. No, a couple what? of good choices there, right Mr. Mannix. Where you got uh, good and bad three?
1: Um, okay. Look, it's not the worst thing, but it's pretty close. But it's—I um, don't know which number it is. It's uh, uh, yes, number thirty-two. Thirty-two. Your chicken is ready. Oh, the whistling. I was Kaiser Bill's Batman. Um, I I think it'd probably be good in a movie somewhere, you know, as a soundtrack to a scene or something. But just as a piece of music on its own, that whistling did get a little bit annoying after a bit. So uh, that's my number three bad.
0: Yet you've heard that. That, that, uh, Was that whistling used in some of those war films as the whistling music when they walked along? Because that's what it sounded like when I listened to it today.
1: Well, it's, it's sort of in that. Vain, isn't it? Like, yeah, um, it's, it's not what they used in Bridge Over the River Choir. That was no, Hitler
0: no. On one, da, da, no, no, that was Hitler's only got no, that's no,
1: don't not. Yeah, that's the one. one, yeah. So, that's the uh, number three bad, yes. Um, Westbury, now, Jack Smith.
2: there's two versions of that Hitler song. Which
1: one do you go by? <laughs> I like Hitler's version best.
2: No, well, there's Hitler had only one brass ball, the other. Was, hanging, was hanging on the wall. <laughs> His mother, His mother. and but then there's the other one. Hitler had only one brass ball. Goering had two balls, <laughs> <they laughs> very small <laughs> go balls. Well, he had no balls. No, no balls. balls. One of those ones, you know. And poor old
1: Joe, but no, he's yeah, there. yeah, Go yeah, balls that. and no balls at all. Pass the piss pot round, boys. Hitler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah that's the one. one. Pass the piss pot round, boys. That's a great little. Uh, joining me is it past the that be
2: past the pisspot mary <laughs> oh okay uh, well, there you go
0: past the pisspot mary hitler we uh, we, yeah. we we can we get back onto the chart before we're invaded by poland uh,
1: <laughs> brian uh, i'm going to go for um, apologies to uh, Inglebert Harm at number 15. Please release me. I do really like that song. Oh, please. <speaks in> please. No, no, no. Let me go. And the lyrics like, oh. um, I don't love you anymore. anymore. You know, he's he's quite brutal the way he's breaking up with the chick. Yep. <laughs> Um Yeah. But uh, now I'm going to go for um, something stupid, which is um, actually called Something Stupid by uh, Frank and Nancy Sinatra. Then I go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like, Who are you?
0: It's a good song, I must admit.
1: Yeah, it's good. Yep. Uh, but so it doesn't that's, uh, doesn't make it on number the three
0: number three good that's very good now you've already mentioned the one I have at number three bad please release me yes please please release him let let Inglebert lumpy thing go off and do his magic with someone else because that is just that's another one of those falls into that category you mentioned with this is my song funny my parents used to play Ingelbert my mother loved Inglebert umerdink I I couldn't copy him at all, between this and Lady De Del Size, that French thing he sang. It?
1: Bicycle, That's it. Del-Bel-Size. Your parents
0: played it too, didn't they, Brian? Oh, I had
1: to learn it at guitar school. Did you? Oh, God. Yeah.
0: There was guitar and Engelbert Humperdinck songs? Since when? yeah.
1: Well, we'd play anything that was on the top 40. Oh. So if it was in the top 40, yeah, then the guitar fift- teacher would give it to us.
0: Number 15. It was a massive song, Please Release Me. Uh, yeah, so that makes it me- is.
1: Her lips you. are warm while yours are cold, Kev. Yeah, good.
0: Thanks. I liked him more when he was Jerry Dorsey, not when he turned into Engelbert lumpy thing, but anyway. They all changed no. their names. Tom Jones wasn't Tom Jones. He was Tom he, Woodward. They all, well, they all changed. They were all managed by he, Gordon Mills, and they all changed their names.
1: Well Engelbert's a big fan of the show, Kev, and um, you know I hope he's not too upset by the cruel words you're saying about yeah, it, but anyway.
0: Well, can and suffering okay. his jocks. Now my number one good is is locked and loaded. Uh, there's the one song on this that I just absolutely adore. So that but I've got about another ten that I could put in uh to the top uh the, the top three. There's so many good I'm gonna I'm gonna whack an Aussie in at number three. I'm gonna whack in the song that's number twenty five on this by the vibrance and it's called Something About Your Baby I Like. Um, it's got a great little bass line in it. I don't think they had any other hits. They might have done a cover version of something else. This was an old uh, four-top song written by a man who we mentioned last week, uh, Lament Dozier, Lamont Dozier, um, from the Holland Dozier, Holland thing. It was an old four-top song, but they did it really well, the Vibrance, so I'm going to whack the Vibrance in at number three in my good side to balance up Engelbert, Lumpy Thing. Now, finally. What have you got at number two?
2: Number two, bad. I've been gazumped a couple of times here, but I'm going with Inglebert Hump the Pick.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Does he do oh, uh,
2: no, This is a song sung by most Gold Coast players at some point through their career.
0: Yes. The Gold and and the Suns players all sing it. Uh, Please release me, let me go.
2: Uh, my contract's got two years to run, but I'm not sure. <laughs> you be a
1: fool to... Cling to me. <laughs> You'll be doing. <laughs> this. You know what? You're
0: going to be doing this in some little back bar, salsa dancing one minute, and then doing "Please release me" the next, Mannix. This is you, and this is what's coming it's, for you. It, it's it's yeah, like the it's, air
1: the, the air up here just makes you want to sing "Engelbert <laughs> Dick.
2: But you can change your name to Brian Hump the Pig. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I think that's a good idea. Actually, there's an exercise for people listening this. Come up with a new stage name for Brian that he can uh, moonlight as a a cabaret singer doing songs like Please Release Me and This Is My Song. See if you can come up with a a cabaret stage name for Brian so as he can slink away into the Bavarian bar on the corner there of Cavill Avenue um, and uh, Uh in between schnitzels and um, what's that stuff, uh, sauerkraut, he can be walking around the table singing Please Release Me as... Some. That's Alfred Hopperwat. <laughs> Alfred Hopperwat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'd,
1: I'd have to be a, a first Australian or something to be, you know, be playing sort of.
0: It's a Hopperwat uh,
1: party. A Hopper-wise party.
0: <laughs> That's the band. So the band are called the Hopperwat party. <laughs>
1: Three <laughs> thumbs up for <and> the <laughs> three, three butt plugs for the first 50 oh. people to come here.
0: Oh, all right. Uh, so that's, uh, that's your number two bad. Number two yeah. good? Yeah, these guys
2: are pretty cool, I reckon. Yeah. So I'm going for When I Was Young by Eric Burden.
0: And oh, yeah, good song. Good song. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, they yeah. they did some they did some really good stuff. He is a really good singer, Eric Burton, and drank like a fish. Mm. Came out here came out here in the Did he he, he did the Party Boys, didn't he, Brian? With oh, Paul Christie, I, I reckon.
1: Know. I met him in the Man's Room and Nick our drummer had his dick out while he was saying hello to Eric Burton, but Eric didn't notice his shit face. We've yeah. spoken about that before on this show.
0: Yeah, I have. I reckon he came out with the party boys and did a, did a tour with Paul Christie and them. Wow. At one stage, I, and I reckon, I reckon that's when I interviewed him, and I, I reckon it was at X, Y. So it was that maybe middle eighties. Were the party boys around the middle eighties, or was that nineties? No,
1: nah, about the middle eighties. Yeah, I might have done. I might have interviewed him because we, we toured with them. We toured with them, and um, the party yeah. boys. Yeah, and I'd get up with them at the end of the night and do "Bad Boy for Love" with them.
0: Oh, okay. Was that when Angry was obviously singing?
1: No. Swanny. Well, why, why would you get me to get up and sing Bad Boy if for Love with Angry's in the band? So it was Swanny? You know. it, um, it might have been. I don't think it was Swanny because you'd probably get him to sing it. Um, it might have been Sherl. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was Sherl.
0: All right. So uh, we're up yeah. to your number. When I Was Young by Eric Burton. Good choice. Actually, Mike Brady did a good Burden. version of that about six months, six or eight months ago of that song. It's
2: really yeah,
1: good. I mean, it's really good. Good work, well done, Mike.
0: Righto, what's your number two, Brian?
2: And I like, I, and I did love Eric Burton and the Animals' version of the Hard Yakka <laughs> Yes, <laughs>
1: they would have done good. a good version of it
0: too, just quietly. <laughs> Not just they up there, all right yeah. too. Their the version of up there, in Yeah. Okay. What about one day in September? Do they do that? Any good?
1: They called made it one day in December and made it a Christmas song. Right, okay. What do you got for me, Brian? Well, walk out, girl, don't you walk out? We got things to see. Sounds a bit like one of my songs, Um, number five by the Incredible Monkeys, who um, were not the kind of monkeys that shit in their hand and flick it around the room. All right, Greyhounds and. Yeah, well, I was, yeah, I was thinking that's how that uh, stewards Inquiry Inquiries the monkeys are <laughs> monkeys Monkeys be shitting in their hands, flicking it around, going crazy, you know, as as those lovable monkeys do. And these were lovable monkeys. A little bit me, a little bit you. Written by Neil Diamond. Yep. Um, it's a great little song, and I like all the um, '60s production on it. I, you know, I know that was the latest thing at the time, but it's very tinny, and I like it. And yep, um, me too. it's a song that I've been with me a long time. So that is my number two good. My number two bad is now I forgot to write down who sings this, but uh, probably somebody very forgettable. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's um it's number 14, it's Manfred Mann. Oh. Uh-huh, ha ha said the clown. Kiss off said me. <laughs> and I really tidied that up then. I it wasn't piss off, which was what I yeah, wanted yeah, to I say know, about yeah, it. I get that. Hmm.
0: So you didn't like that song? Just an innocent uh, another little
1: kind of little pop song? Yeah, I just found it a little bit annoying. A little bit um yeah. No. Yeah, it, it, you know. I watched the clip. It wasn't- I
0: watched the clip today and Paul Jones who sings it was not was not into it. He was you could tell he was just not 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 convinced it was a good song I don't think.
1: But it was a not fairly, it was get- fairly big hit from. him. Well, let's hope we never hear it again. No.
0: My number two, uh, Gazumpt, uh, This Is My Song, both versions, I'm with you. Uh, for all the reasons that finally mentioned, uh, Petula Clark and Harry Seacombe, just whack them all in there. It's about, you, know, you can find any number of versions of that song. There's hundreds of them. Every man and his dog has done them. Brian will be doing it soon at the Bavarian Club on uh, Cavill Avenue. So you can look forward to this that.
1: This is my song.
0: hmm And my number two good, ooh. I think I know what you're going to have at number one, Brian, and I I do love that love that song a lot too. And I have uh, the monkeys, and I have Eric Burden on my list here. Um, uh, oh dear, oh dear! Oh, I really like that Jeff Beck song too. That's a good song, and the Turtles are good. I like that, but I'm going to put in. You know, I got to go for Penny Lane. Have to have to be Penny Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields. I do like the Beatles. Which
1: which, which side do you prefer more? Penny Lane. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm 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 again. you go Beatles and Stones? You go McCartney and Lennon. I'm I'm probably always McCartney more than more than Lennon. So, mm-hmm. so Penny Lane would be Penny Lane would be my choice for number two. And uh, this is my song, my choice for number two, Bad. Here we uh, go, I- Finny. Number three is This Is My Song by Petula Clark and Harry Seacombe. Number two, Please Release Me by Engelbert Lumpy Thing. Uh, In The Good Pile, Undecided by The Master's Apprentice. And number two, When I Was Young by Eric Burden and The Animals. Number one. Number one,
2: Bad. I've been gazumped here, but no surprises, really. May I say, quite an interesting title. I was Kaiser Bill's Batman. (laughs) Does that mean when Kaiser Bill went to take a bat, this guy did it for him?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't quite know. Given it's got no words and it's just whistling.
1: I think know? Batman was like a, a dresser or something, wasn't it? Oh, not wank. <laughs> oh, well, you know, it depends on how you and you, uh, Batman, got on, I guess. Correct.
2: Right. Anyway, this is just a. Boring piece of repentance. Even the whistling is not even any good in it, may I add. It's just the same bit over and over. Yep. But most disturbing is the film clip because if you think it's bad watching somebody miming a song, <laughs> watching somebody miming a whistle is just <laughs> downright <laughs> stupid.
0: Uh, it is very – And, and with the, the whistling Jack Smith thing was a non diploma. He was a singer under a different name, but I don't think he ever had a hit.
2: Yeah, well, whistling Jack Smith can go – Yes.
0: Did you watch the clip yeah. from the German? Yeah, it was
2: great. Whistling that Schmidt mit,
0: I was Yeah, with the girl the girl host, she's terrific. I loved her. I, what, yeah. I reckon I watched her about five times. Yeah, she's good. Welcome back, don't you? She was very funny. I found her most amusing. It's a very good choice for number one. What do you got? Uh, what's your good one?
2: You know, there's nothing really new in music. When rap music came out, they thought, oh, well, this is just something brand new. The spoken word becomes song. But I feel that this might have preceded it in a way. It is just so brilliantly put together. So musically, it's actually quite enjoyable. Lyrically, it is powerful because there's so many words in it. But it's very funny to actually hear a great song sung brilliantly as an ensemble. By a group singing about themselves. Yes. So at number one, I've got Creek Alley by the Mamas and the Puppets.
0: Woohoo! We you concur, Mr. Fine. I, I think it's just a great song. I, I love the words. I think the words of it yes. are absolutely fantastic. McGinn and McGuire. Oh, just still getting, getting higher in LA, you know, it's yep. where it's at. And they and talk no about
2: one's the. Everyone's getting fat except Mama. Dead
1: Mama Cats.
0: And then at the end, mm. it's everyone's getting fat except Mama Cass. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. really well done. And they talk about John Phillips and Michelle, and they talk about the Love and Spoonful being formed. Um, obviously, McGuinn Maguire is the birds. Um, it's it's a really, really good um, – they talk about the Mugwumps, which was the original name of um, uh, the mummers and the Puppas. Yep. That was the first one of them, and they talk about, obviously – John and Michelle being together, and then they talk about Cass being with Denny, um, who's the other male member of the. It's a, it's a brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He, he might have been a very um, messed up human being, uh, John Phillips, in many areas, but geez, he could write some good songs. He wrote some yeah. really good songs,
2: and this thing's musically very enjoyable. Oh, it's
0: great. Yeah. Oh, the voices are just bloody brilliant.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think I think that they because they didn't really have a band, did they? Played guitars so. and so. so I think they had really good session musos playing with them. Um, I think Glen Campbell,
0: Campbell and people like that played
1: on all those, yeah, those of songs. top session players because the music's really good on all of their records, yeah. But, um, but you know, you talk about bands with drug problems, oh, God. the mamas oh, God. and the pubs, they just, just had like a sugar bowl full of coke sitting on their table, and, and they didn't realize that you know you need to refresh your body after you've had a big weekend and stuff. They just, oh, well, we'll have more. And that's why there's so much drama. There's a great Ed, um, video of them on Ed Sullivan, I think, and they're singing into bananas and stuff because they're <laughs> tripping while they're on non-national television in America in, you know, 69 or whenever it was. So, um, yeah, good on them. Good pick, finding really Yeah, good it's wrote.
0: a great song. It's a fabulous song. And for many, many years, no one knew. Everyone go, you'd say Creek Alley and they'd go, what? What's, what songs that? You go, Creek Alley, the Mummers and Pumpers. I know all the Mummers and Puppers songs. I don't know that one. You go, Everyone's Getting fat. at Mum and Oh, that one.
1: Yeah. No yeah, one. yeah. No one
0: knew what the name of it was.
1: Uh, righto, Brian, what do you got? Well, my number one good one's an easy one. That's Penny Lane slash Strawberry Fields. But I'm going for the Strawberry Fields. I love Penny Lane, but I think Strawberry Fields is better and probably everybody knows. But, you know, there's two versions of the song. One was recorded in E and the other was in G or something. And one was faster and one was slower, and John decided that he liked bits of both and told George Martin to stitch them together. And George said, well, you know, they're in different tempos and they're in different keys, John. You can't do it, and John said, I'm sure you'll work something else. <laughs> and um, and what they found was when they sped up the slower one, slowed down thing, they actually came into the same key and at the same tempo, which is the biggest, arsiest fluke in the friggin' world wow. that, that would just work out that way. And if you listen to it, you can actually hear where it changes from one version to another. Okay. And it's, it's a mixture of two versions recorded in different keys in different tempos. So a little bit of trivia for you there. Okay. Now, the worst. Now, this poor bloke. Bloke? Possibly one of, one of the most talented men in the world could do everything. Uh Uh-oh. could could sing the shit out of it and could tap dance, could impersonate, could act. He was magnificent.
0: We're heading to number 17, aren't we?
1: Oh, nobody ever gave him a decent song to sing. His best song is Candyman and that is shitful. (laughs) And number 17, don't blame it on the children. He sounds like John Wayne in this one um, and it's it's very moralistic and it's just, oh, gee, why didn't they give Sammy my way? Something like that, you know. I'm sure he's sang it live, but um, well, Sammy Davis Jr. had to sing this piece of shit, and um, and looking like you'd meant it, you know, makes it even harder. Do, so, do, uh, did you
0: remember seeing him on the Don Lane show when he used to kind of wander yeah. into the Don Lane show and sing and stuff? I used to sit. I used to have my mouth open watching him. He he used to. I never saw him live live, but he used to knock my socks off with what he could do. Yeah. He, he, you're right. He could sing it. He could sing the bloody telephone directory, and you'd sit there going, "My God!" But you're right. He never, ever, ever got a good song because clearly, all the old yeah. uh, Frank and Dean and all them got them first, and Sammy being black
1: and Jewish, well, with yeah. one eye, yeah, it, it didn't with, help.
0: Yeah, yeah. Without, without pointing out the bleeding obvious, there were three reasons, obviously, why he didn't get the good songs.
1: You know, it was ridiculous. But um, yeah, he got some shit songs. Yeah. And, uh, so that's my number one. Bed. Yeah, it's
0: good. Yeah, it is a it is a it is a moralistic heap of rubbish, to be honest. When you listen to it, mm-hmm. don't blame yep. it on the children. Don't blame it on the children. And he does sound like John Wayne. Uh, my number one good is Creek Alley. I love I love the Mamas and I Are dedicated to the one I loves on this out uh, this um, chart as well, and they they sing that beautifully. They just they've heard Mama Cass's voice and Michelle Phillips has got a good voice too. Um, yeah, magic, just four four voices fitted perfectly, uh, taking the piss out of themselves at the same time. What's not to like about that? And my number one bad is the song that's at number four, the 1967 Eurovision Song Contest winner. So that kind Ooh. of says it all. Sandy Shaw's Puppet on a String. What a <coughs> bloody awful song that is. I think she could – I actually quite like her voice, and she's done a couple of things that were reasonably good, but Puppet on a String by Sandy Shaw, oh. I wonder if one day that you'll say that you can
1: just yes, – do say you love
0: me I'll
1: gladly be there like a puppet on a string. So you're going to be doing
0: that at the Bavarian Club, I'm telling you now.
1: Love is just like a merry-go-round. In
0: fact, <laughs> your entire set is going to come out of this chart. You'll be doing. You'll be, you'll be doing. This is my song. You'll be doing. Don't blame it on the children. Uh, you'll be. You'll be finding. Uh, oh, I reckon, girl. You'll be a woman soon. There's one you could whack into the set.
1: Nah, uh, that's a bit. That was in uh, pulp fiction, so that's a bit too cool. No, that's Urge
0: Overkill's version. Neil Diamond's version, though. You could do Neil's.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Oh well. You,
0: you could. You could uh, get someone up from the crowd to sing. It takes two with you. I
1: probably get. Two people up to the crowd from the crowd to sing that with me. You could. Um, yeah, there's a, there's <laughs> a
0: kind of hush. You could be doing that. That's got, all
1: over the world. That's got your name written. It. Hey, how you doing? Who's from <laughs> Victoria? Put your hands up. Hey, and then great you, place. And
0: then you get to the really, you get to the really emotional, touching connection part, and you sing "Funny, Familiar, Forgotten Feelings" by Tom Jones. Oh. Who's
2: going? And I've got a child's winner here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mate, we are we are writing your story, Brian. Finey and I are writing your story. We're you, going to be. You're bring,
1: putting my new act. We're going to make sure. My, my name will be Donny Love.
0: <laughs> no, someone's going to come up with a name for you. I can. I can.
1: Donnie Love uh, feel that sings in a water. the cabaret classics.
0: Oh, uh, yes. Uh, you could do a magical version
1: of uh, – what do you do? The Happening. The Happening. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, you do that like the Brady Bunch variety yeah. special. You know, it's lots of flares and people dancing. And oh, and you have and to awful. do The Girls in Paris. I don't – well, is that a song or is that just an idea? No,
0: it's the Lee Hayeswood song in it. <laughs>
1: I'll go over to Paris if you want me to. Feel
0: what <laughs> have the girls over there got? The Aussie girls do it, uh, and you do something stupid. So you could do you got could, you could you've got to find it now. You got to I'd find do it.
1: something stupid yeah. with the girls in Paris. Well, you've
0: got, you've got to get yourself a little sort of uh, two or three song sidekick to come up and sing with you to sing. It takes two and something stupid.
1: Yeah, you know, Johnny Kisses has come up with me. It'll be love and kisses. Love and kisses. Donny Love and Johnny Kissins, right? Terrific. An RSL Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Available for morning melodies. The
0: uh, Twin uh, tweed, uh, tweed Heads Bowls Club, you know? Oh, absolutely. Twin Towns. twin Towns. You'll be at Twin Towns.
1: I'll be singing "Green Green Grass" at home. Our and mate he?
0: Dial with the MC. Ha
1: oh, ha! table... <laughs> a table. <laughs> I've
2: been looking for. Uh, I've been looking for a meaningful way to punish my
0: children for a while. <laughs> <laughs> gotta see, have You've got
1: to have wheelchair access to
0: these gigs. This is what for you or for the audience? For the audience. Um, for the audience. Uh, this is this is your way. this is how you could introduce those songs that were played to you as as uh, you know when you were growing up by your parents. Yeah, that's right. You could introduce them to your kids. And it's him
1: suffer too.
0: Yeah, not be seen as it's some a sort of… The cruel cycle goes on. Yes, some sort of child cruelty
2: thing. All <laughs> no, right, we're done. Include, it has to include an all-you-can-eat buffet.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That would have got… Yeah. See, my, my old man would have gone… My late great father would have gone uh, to that for the all-you-can-eat buffet. That would have been his
1: go. And but, and could I have, a, like, him after a son please release me… We could have a little wheel segment with the raffle to win a meat tray or something. That might be good to have no, in mate. the middle of the a, show.
0: I stay in your lane. That's Izzy's.
1: That's Izzy's job, right. Stay
0: <laughs> in your lane, Mannix. <laughs>
1: I'm
2: worried Fair one enough. day when we – I'm just scared. One day when we do the victories, it's going
0: to happen. And we lost you then. Izzy's oh. dead. Oh no! Don't say that. I'm worried. When we, well, he's been.
2: Is he die? One day you're just going to say it happened.
0: He's on. He's on. Our, long he's only a on podcast shortly. He's on life of Brian in a couple of weeks. Yeah.
1: Oh, is he? What about that fateful <laughs> day in 1997 when, in the morning, you know the, the accident with um, Lady Diana, and uh, of course the headline was Dodie dies. Die doesn't. But then, lady die dies too. Oh, she was hanging in there for a bit. Yeah. Anyway, no, not
0: good, not good. All right, we're done, we're finished. All right, uh,
1: yeah.
0: go, we're going, going, gone. Uh, we're losing finding for some reason these he, uh, thingos going all and all a have
1: you, starting you to know, sound Donnie? like a Dalek.
0: <laughs> I see, see one. Well, can, yes. can you hear
2: me? Yeah. Yes. Have you interviewed Donny Sutherland?
0: No. You've got to. We should. It's actually a good point. Oh, you point. should.
2: Please interview him.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I know Donnie. Yeah. And
2: at some point, ask him how many women he had <laughs> sex with and then get out your calculator and look at <laughs> if it's possible. <laughs> I'll
1: tell you, I'll, I'll have to do some research to really think of some really long-winded shit questions that really require a one-word answer. Oh, he wasn't like
0: that. He wasn't as bad as that. That's unfair
1: sorry,
0: oh, but know, he's, mate, he's, he's, you know, was seven he was a jockey. He, was, he yeah. was a jockey.
1: Yes, he was. He was a jockey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd be good to talk to, actually.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll get on the case. Yeah,
1: yeah, all right. For life, of Brian. Is that a? is that a condom? No, it's um, it's I got my medical marijuana today oh, for my anxiety, God, and so yeah. the the pl- the plunger came with in this packet and. And uh, yeah, and um yeah, um, my hand has stopped shaking, so of that's a good thing so. of course it's medicinal no, it is i'm'm'm <laughs> I'm, I I'm, I'm, you know i'm I'm supposed to have a milligram of this shit every day, and we started today,
0: okay and All right. All right. he's already and he's already. 28 days into the program. He's
1: already up to February
2: 2024.
1: (laughs) Uh, I thought one milligram said one MG. I thought they meant one mumful. So anyway, I feel terrific, so it's fantastic. Great. Uh, Okay.
0: Thank you, Fanny. Thank you, Brian. Talk to you next week, boys. Au revoir. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us
2: on Twitter and Facebook.